Stu does America, the state of the race. Welcome to the state of the race. It is January 24th, 2024, 286 days until the general election, 41 days until Super Tuesday, and 31 days until the South Carolina primary. Coming up on today's episode, we look at New Hampshire. We'll give you the results, we'll tell you what it means, and we'll tell you where we go from here. And let's get right into it. The primary results on the Republican side had Donald Trump with another victory, his second in a row, getting 54.5% of the vote, Nikki Haley at 43.2% of the vote. Ron DeSantis still got around 2,000 votes, 0.7%, and a bunch of other candidates trickled in behind that. And look, we've been talking about this for a while, that Donald Trump was the favorite here in this race. He was expected to win, and he did win, and he won by double digits. We all know that Donald Trump is the heavy favorite to be the nominee for the Republican Party. So what does this mean for Nikki Haley? She did make a speech right after the race was called and said that she would go on. Now, every politician says this every time, pretty much after a race, and we never know whether to believe it or not. But there's some reason to believe that Nikki Haley is actually telling the truth here and is planning to go on for at least a little while. We'll get into that here in in just a second. But primaries are often a game of expectations. And I want to take a quick look at where these expectations were. It's interesting because if you go back a couple of months, Nikki Haley is thrilled with a result like this, where she's within 12 points of the president. If instead you go back two or three weeks, you might be disappointed by this result if you're Nikki Haley, because it seemed like she had a chance there for a short period of time as Chris Christie was dropping out. She had momentum building in the polls. And maybe she had a chance to either win or be within close single digits. Then Iowa happened, and the momentum sort of came back to Donald Trump. Vivek Ramaswamy dropped out. That helped Donald Trump. Ron DeSantis dropped out. That helped Donald Trump as well. Most of his voters went to Donald Trump. And so the day before, the pregame expectations of this race was something different. We saw polling that for a while after Christie dropped out was maybe in the high single digits as far as a margin goes in this race. And then it started creeping up into the mid-teens. And actually the last batch of polls had this race as more than a 20-point margin between Trump and Haley. And that's sort of how we set expectations going into this if you happen to watch the show last night. Anything in single digits is a probably a big win for Nikki Haley. Anything above 20% is dropout territory, probably not going to go on. It's a catastrophic loss. And then there's that middle ground. Uh, where would she go? We were thinking it was going to be about a 15-point race is sort of our last guess. Looks like we're about 12 and a half here. And so I guess you could say this is a slightly better uh, result than average expectations leading into this race over the past 24 to 48 hours. That's not a win for Nikki Haley, and there's no reason to spin it as a win. Although, of course, as every candidate does, she attempted to spin it as a win last night in her speech. Um, And it was angering Donald Trump, who really came after her hard. He wants this race over. 
And he's going to get it to be over, but it's going to take a little bit of time, I think. I think with this result, this encourages Haley to go a little bit farther. And as I said at the top here, there's nothing really that happens between now and South Carolina. There is a Nevada caucus slash primary. We've discussed this before. I won't go into detail, but it's not really a race that people are watching for a couple of technical reasons. So you have South Carolina, which is her home state. She will get some votes there. She's been polling at least in the mid-20s in the state. So she'll do okay. I don't think she'll do as well as she did here in New Hampshire. We will see on that one. But she's going to get some delegates here. And the delegate math starts coming into play a little bit here. Why? Well, it's interesting because while Donald Trump, of course, wins this race and wins it relatively easily, the delegate count is probably going to wind up being 13 to 9. 13 delegates for Donald Trump, 9 delegates for Nikki Haley. And that's not a big blowout. Right now, the total delegate tracker will be something like, there's still a couple of delegates to be awarded, but it's going to be something like 32 to 16 Trump leading by 16 delegates. So because these are small states, because there's not a lot of delegates that have been awarded yet, Nikki Haley's right there in that race. And when you look at the math as far as delegates go, when you hit Super Tuesday, you're at the point where a lot of these delegates have been awarded. Around half of the delegates will be awarded by March 5th. So if she can just stay in to South Carolina, which is 31 days away, and then Super Tuesday, which is only, what, 10 days after that, she has a shot at something like 1,200 delegates. If she can win 30% of those, I'm not talking about her winning Super Tuesday. I'm not talking about her winning South Carolina. I'm talking about her grinding away at some of these states and just getting the anti-Trump protest vote. She could come in with, let's say, she gets 300 delegates out of, out of this, She's got a giant chunk of delegates to go into what could be a brokered convention if something goes on with Donald Trump and his legal situation. Again, we are basically past the tier one primary. We are past the point of the normal contest. Donald Trump's already won that. But the tier two primary, where we look at Donald Trump and his legal struggles and whatever the deep state is going to try to do to this guy, uh, where we were possibly thinking he's they're going to put him and freeze him in the Han Solo uh, carbonite. I don't know what's going to happen. What I'm just saying is it is something that is on everyone's mind. And if it goes to that point, you know, sure, Donald Trump is going to have a lot of delegates that he controls or someone uh, loyal to Donald Trump is going to be one of these delegates, but it becomes a power struggle at this point. And if you can get 300, 400, 500 delegates, sure, that's only you know 20% of the delegates. But 20% in a fractured convention is a big chunk. And that's a lot of power to wield. It's a lot of power to throw around. And you kind of shrug your shoulders if you're Nikki Haley and say, who knows what could happen? So that is where we stand right now, where we're going as we advance through the primary season. Let's move over to today's focus. And for today's focus, we're going to go a little deeper into the results that we saw last night and look at the exit polls. A few pretty interesting things in the exit polls as we look at them. And one of the main arguments being made by Trump supporters coming out of this is, sure, Nikki Haley was closer than anyone was in Iowa. But the reason for that is 
she had a bunch of Democrats voting for her. And that is sort of true. Um, It's certainly more true in New Hampshire than it's going to be in most of these other states. If you break it down by party, specifically Democrats really didn't make up much of the voting populace. You have about 6% of voters who came in as actual Democrats. Uh, And of course, they went to Nikki Haley, 88 to 5, 88% to 5%. So yes, they all went that way. The bigger argument here, though, is independence. Most voters in New Hampshire are independent voters. The way the rules work is if you want to switch last minute, if you want to come in and you want to pick which primary you're voting in, you have to be an independent. If you're a Democrat, you can't switch last minute. You can switch a few months ago, but you can't switch now. So most people just remain independent and go pick whichever party primary they want to vote in. It's obviously a big deal in New Hampshire and has been for a long time. So the independents that are Democrat leaners, a lot of them did vote in the Republican primary. And independents went heavily to Nikki Haley, 60 to 38, a wide margin for Nikki Haley there. And that made up about 43% of the voters in the primary. That, those are numbers that are much higher than you're going to see in a lot of these states coming up between South Carolina and into Super Tuesday. So this is an anomaly. And New Hampshire is a little weird and is not a formula that Nikki Haley can depend on to get 40% of the vote in all of these places. Uh, 51% of the voters were Republicans, and they went heavily to Donald Trump by about three to one. Ideology sort of tells the same story. If you're very conservative, about a quarter of the population that voted, uh, they went to Donald Trump, 88 to 11. If you're somewhat conservative, this is the biggest block of voters, 41% of voters, they went to Donald Trump, 60 to 38. If you're a moderate voter, about 28% of voters, again, that's more than very conservative voters. So a larger block of moderates than very conservative voters. Uh, But the moderate voters went to Nikki Haley, about three to one, 73 to 25%. And liberal voters, again, they're part of this, but it's it's a small slice, about 6% of voters. They went to Nikki Haley, 85 to 10%. One breakdown we've brought up several times here on State of the Race is the breakdown between do you think Biden legitimately won in 2020? Now, in most states among Republican voters, this is a two to one proposition where about two thirds of the voters say it was a a win by fraud when it comes to Joe Biden. And about one third say it was pretty much fair and square. This is different in New Hampshire. Once again, another metric that it's not going to track for Nikki Haley in future states because she wants this number to be even. She wants this number to be as high as possible for people who think that that Biden won fair and square in 2020, because that's where she does well. And for people who believed that Joe Biden won fair and square, about half of the voters, Nikki Haley won big, 77 to 21 percent. For people who believe Joe Biden did not legitimately win in 2020, again, about half of the vote, uh, Donald Trump cleaned up 86 to 13 So really, that split is maybe the defining characteristic of this race. Uh, Obviously, you can look at the indictments that are a big part of it as well. But this one split really explains how difficult it is to knock Donald Trump off in this primary if you happen to be someone challenging him. A couple of other quick things to look at. One of the biggest issues right now for Republican voters is the border. 
And uh, there's a question and a breakdown in the exit polls about what they refer to as undocumented immigrants. And if you believe that they should be offered the chance at legal status, about 41% of New Hampshire voters said they thought, hey, illegal immigrants should be offered a chance at legal status. Those people went heavily to Nikki Haley, about three to one. If you think that they should be deported, which was about 55% of the voters, those people went to Donald Trump, of course, about three to one. This one is fascinating to me, honestly, because what is the one thing we know about Nikki Haley? What's the standout position from Nikki Haley in this primary? She wants to be very active on the world stage, right? Like this is what she's known for. She wants uh, more spending in Ukraine. She pretty clearly wants the U.S. presence on the world stage to be much, much larger. They asked about this and they said, do you want the U.S. role in world affairs to be more active, less active, or the same as now? And I think you'd look at that and you'd say, okay, well, probably the people who want it to be more active are going to be Haley supporters and people who want it to be less active, maybe Trump supporters. Well, less active tracks, right? Uh, 41% of voters said they want the U.S. to be less active in world affairs. And as you kind of expect, uh, by about a two to one margin, they go to Donald Trump. If you want the U.S.'s role to be basically the same as what it is now, those voters, about a quarter of the voters, went to Nikki Haley by about a three to one margin. Okay, and all right, you can maybe see that. Maybe people are saying, okay, well, these Joe Biden is the one running it. A lot of these people may be moderate to liberals. So they say, okay, we want the same as now. So we're going to go with Nikki Haley. That makes sense. However, what's fascinating is about a third of voters say they want the U.S. to be more active. And you'd think these people would definitely be Haley supporters, but that's not how it tracked at all in the exit polls. Trump actually won voters who said they wanted the U.S. to be more active by a margin of 57 to 41. Now, of course, when you're talking about exit polls, sometimes they're just wrong. Sometimes you could read too much into them when you go into the cross tabs and you get a little bit lost in there. But that is a fascinating thing. It's the one defining characteristic of the Haley campaign. And Donald Trump won it by 16 points in New Hampshire. We could go on with exit polls all day, but I'll save some of this for the radio show today. And Stu does America tonight. Thanks so much for joining us on State of the Race. We will be back with another episode Probably later this week, potentially into next week. We're going to see how news treats us over the next few days. But we really appreciate you joining us. Make sure to spread the word if you don't mind. We're going to have the best election updates and information for you right here on State of the Race. We will see you on the radio show and Stu Does America tonight.